How you guys doing? Yeah, y'all feeling good? Oh my goodness, I'm happy to be here. The fuse jubes did help. Yes, I've been following the rules ever since I got that little... It was really sticky, actually, if you want the truth. Oh, made my hands all sticky. But you know what, guys? Oh, I yelled. I'm sorry about that. So, guys, we are in a series called Explain. Mr. Mark has been talking about it for the past three weeks. I'm super excited to be able to share an awesome part of it. But before we do, Mark has started out, and I love that you did this. He started out by saying some things he once explained. And I went and I just started thinking about questions I've had that I've yet to find an answer to. I don't expect you all having the answers, but I want this to be stuck in your head now too. Okay, you guys okay with that? I don't care because we're doing it anyways. First off, soup. It's very easy. You use a spoon and you eat with it. There's little chunky things in it. I don't know what you're going to call it. Is cereal not a soup? It is because you're eating food with a spoon and it's a meal. Here we go. Next one. Next one. Why? Oh, listen up. Why is a building called a building if it's already built? Explain that one to me. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, this one makes me so, so happy. Tomatoes are fruit. So why is ketchup not a smoothie? Sorry to break your minds like that. Um, my middle school boys will definitely agree with me on this one. I, I still listen to what my mom said. Boys, y'all listen to. <sighs> if you get out of the shower clean, why does your towel get dirty? It makes no sense, Mark. It makes no sense. Here we go. Does a straw have two holes or one hole? Does it? You'll never know. Here we go. I've got two more. I've got two more. I love doing this. All right. Why is being up for something the same as being down for something? Ooh. 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 Okay. Last one. I'm going to ruin y'all's mind right now. Disney will be called out for this one. If Cinderella's shoe fell off, how did it fit perfectly? Explain, Disney. Explain. But anyways, we're going to keep on going. I don't, I don't need y'all to raise your hands. You're okay. We're going to keep on going with our night. I, want, I wanted to rack your brains because there are some things we all want explained, right? Everybody has those fun questions about it. But you know what? The truth of the matter is the important questions we have in life, we get the chance to explain them. Especially the Bible gives us the opportunity to have that explained to us. Tonight we're going through an awesome thing that Mark gave me the opportunity to talk about of what Scripture is. And you know what? Me as a believer, Mark as a believer, all of our leaders as believers, you have, as believers, we are to believe that Scripture is God-breathed. Scripture itself is God-breathed. This right here is the exact words of God spoken through others written in here. Today, we are going to be in a few different passages, but truthfully, my favorite one that we're going to be in is going to be in 2 Timothy. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to jump straight into today. We're in 2 Timothy 3.16. I'm going to read two different versions to y'all real quick so we can understand it. Then we're going to get into the material, figure out where we are in the Bible. It's going to be epic. It's going to be awesome. But I'm going to read it to you guys real quick, and you guys just follow along. It's going to be on the screens too, so we're so blessed right now. All right. In the CSB version, it says, All scripture is inspired by God. It is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in right and for training in righteousness. Sorry, almost read 17. We're not reading that yet. But I wanted to read a different version to you guys, because I'm sure y'all have read that version before. My favorite version is from the King James Version. It says, 
this. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. If you don't mind jumping back to the CSB version, we are going to do something. I don't know if y'all know this. I'm in college, um, and I'm studying the Bible in college. I'm studying theology. It's a true blessing. In one of my classes, we talk about translating the Bible. We talk about what it's back in the original translation, and I want to do something that I've loved to learn to do. I'm going to break down a few of the beginning, um, a few of the words at the very beginning of this passage, because it's super important to me. So if you guys will, we're going to learn some Greek today. The first word is going to mean all, but the word is pas. Everybody say pas. Now, when you look at that first little thing at the top, you don't read that, right? I don't read it that way either. I, I think knock, but that's not it. It's pas. That's how it's pronounced. I don't know. But anyways, it means in the original Greek translation, collectively together. It means collectively together. I love that because it, that's, we're going to break down in a second. It's perfect to me. The next word, so we just read the first word of all in this. The next word is scripture that we're going to be talking about. This is pronounced graphe. Everybody say graphe. Oh, it's perfect. And in English, that's scripture. But in the direct translation, it means the holy divine scripture. The holy divine scripture. So, so far, we have read in the first three words, um, all, I mean, collectively, all together, the holy divine scripture. We're going to go on to the next part real quick. This one is a fun word. Oh, does anybody want to take a stab at how to pronounce this? Go for it, Isaac. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I, actually, Mark, we're going to do this. Do you want to try to pronounce it? I'm sure you know how to do it. That's better than me. I, I literally wrote down how to say it in my way. I, my professor's mad at me. I, I cannot do it. Like, I, I've learned other languages, but this word is so hard. I pronounce it theanostras. Um, close enough, we're going to take it. But that word right there means divinely breathed in by the inspiration of God. This God-breathed part of the scripture. And at the beginning of the scripture, if we read it together, sorry, I didn't mean to hit the mic. It means we're going to just do the original part in Greek. The beginning of it says collectively, all together, the holy divine scripture breathed in by the inspiration of God. And it continues on. It says it's possible for teaching, for rebuking, for the correcting, for training in righteousness. So we're reading all this. We're talking about the idea of every scripture being God breathed. But Mark mentioned this last week, and I love that he mentioned it, is context is key. Context is key. Why is Paul writing this? You see, Paul is writing to Timothy. This is the second book of Timothy. He's writing a letter to Timothy, and it is known that Paul is in prison at this time while he's writing. It, we, are, we are to know that he is in prison, and he is aware that he is nearing his own death. Paul is aware. He knows that he's going through a hard time. He's actually writing that whole chapter. It's titled, Difficult Times Ahead and Struggles in the Christian Life. That the end of this whole chapter, while uh, Paul is writing to Timothy, he encourages him and says that about Scripture. And he says the last verse, oh, so good. So that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul's writing to Timothy to encourage him. But while Paul is writing to Timothy, he is completely unaware that this is to be put in the New Testament. He doesn't know that this is going to be in the Bible. But he is speaking God's words. He, God is breathing through him to speak to Timothy and to later speak to us because scripture 
is God breathed into the writers. That's a, that's a lot. That's crazy to think about because all these writers collectively all together say the same story. Scripture is all the same exact thing. One thing I love about Scripture is it, ooh, it does not contradict itself. You will never find something that says, eh, eh, doesn't make sense. It doesn't do that. Scripture is reputable. Did you know atheists, scholars, uh, professors, they all use Scripture as reputable, and reputable means like, hey, it's fact-worthy, it's trustworthy. We could trust what it says because, hey, this is, this is in the place where we can understand that, hey, if this story says this, that happened. Like you could go back, I've loved doing this, you could go back in the um, Quran and read the same sort of story of an event happening and believe that it's true because you know what? The Bible is fully true. That's what we're going to talk about today. If you hear anything today, Scripture is God-breathed and it is true and it is divine. But one thing I love about scripture being God-breathed is scripture is a part of who we are. One of the reasons I say that is we read in Genesis 2-7 that, it's going to hop up there. Yes, sorry, my Bible's not in that part. Um, Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. The man became a living being. God breathed life into us and he breathes the words into scripture. Scripture is a part of us because he breathes into us and he gives us the opportunity to be with him by reading his words here. I absolutely love that. One thing that I love to do that, I mean, I'm sure a lot of y'all have learned already. I love to like prove my point. Um, So one quick thing that I just love finding connections on, if you read in 2 Samuel 23, 20, that's David talking. He's saying that, we'll pop it up there, I'm sorry. Uh, He's saying that the spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His words were on my tongue. So David is claiming all the way back in the Old Testament that God is speaking through him. And later on in this chapter, you see that David is literally just writing praises of the Lord, praises of who he is and who he's going to be. And later on in Mark 12, 36, this is Jesus speaking. He's quoting David. And he says, David himself says, by the Holy Spirit, and so on. And he quotes that exact same chapter if you want to go back and read it. It's wonderful. I absolutely love that. But tonight, I've got, I've got three main thoughts. When the, when the idea of Scripture being God-breathed, I get three main thoughts and three main points that I want to talk to through y'all, uh, to y'all, with y'all tonight. There we go. The first main thought is the word is powerful. The word is powerful. If you want to hear anything, know that the word itself, this right here, is powerful. It has so much power by the words you read. I've already talked about it it being reputable and it doesn't contradict itself, but it is so powerful in a sense that Jesus himself uses it as a weapon. I'm not going to get deep into it, but if you read in Matthew 4, you see Jesus fighting off the devil in temptation by quoting scriptures to the devil. By quoting scriptures, he's saying, as it is written, and so on. Jesus fights off the devil, fights off temptation with scripture. Scripture is powerful. I love this. In Ephesians 6, 17, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. A lot of us don't realize scripture is a weapon that we get to use in our lives. I'm not talking about going in and like fighting someone with the Bible. That's not at all what I'm talking about. I'm talking about throughout life, Scripture is a weapon. It is something that is right there. Like I always love thinking of knights. 
I always love thinking of knights, how they have their swords by their side at all times. It's just there. It's ready to pull out. Scripture is right there with you. You just need to know it and understand it. Scripture is God-breathed, and the word of God is powerful, and this is the word of God. One of the reasons I truly believe that Scripture is God-breathed, one of the reasons I truly believe that it is powerful is not only just because of what it says, but what it's done in my life. You see, a lot of people come to know God, come to know that he is real, come to know that he's telling you the truth through hard situations. I'm going to tell you all real quick that if it wasn't for Scripture, I would not be where I am today. I remember in fifth grade, I was riding my bike to my grandparents' house. They had ice cream waiting for me. I was super excited. I was riding my bike, and I was feeling real nervous because sixth grade was coming, and I was not excited, y'all. You might think that I would have been excited, but I was not. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go play sports. I wanted to do art and theater. I just didn't think I was going to fit in. I show up to my grandparents' house. They get ice cream for me. My Mimi and my pops, they're sitting there, and they're like, Eli, what's wrong? Because I wasn't even petting their dog. I was just so nervous, and I pet dogs for a living. I love dogs, okay? I wasn't petting their dog, and I was just sitting there, and my grandpa, like I, I said everything. I was like, I'm nervous. I don't, I don't really want to go to middle school. This was, I think, May of fifth grade. It was like coming to an end of fifth grade. Fifth grade was about to be over for me. And my grandpa said to me, Eli, pause. Let's pause for a second. I was like, all right, you're my grandpa. I'll listen to what you say. I'm pausing. And he told me to think of a Bible verse, think of a scripture, think of a passage, and go in the other room and take some time to memorize it. So the first thing that came to my mind was the passage in Romans 5 that says, not only so, but we rejoice in our afflictions because we know our afflictions produce endurance, endurance proven character, and proven character hope. And it continues on and it says, and that hope was given to us through the love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I memorized that verse, and I had the opportunity to do it, and I knew no reason why. I was like, my grandpa told me to. I'm going to listen. I'm not going to disobey what my grandpa says. So I go on, and I memorize that verse. I had no idea why. School started coming. It was summer. I was, it was July came around. I was like, ooh, school's coming, and I make my way to Africa. I've told a lot of you all this story before. I make my way to Africa. I'm on a mission trip with my grandparents. And I came home, and it turned out my dad left. He was just gone. It was hard. And that whole time, I got angry. I'll admit it to you guys right now. I got angry. But one thing came to my mind the whole time. With me memorizing that verse, I didn't want to think about the verse. But all that came to my head was rejoice in your afflictions. It's going to bring you endurance. It's going to give you proven character. It's going to give you hope. Rejoice in your afflictions, Eli. Rejoice in your afflictions. I didn't want to do it. I did not. I was like, there's no point in rejoicing. This is hard. This is the worst. But I kept on being reminded because I had it in my mind. I had memorized that verse. That verse was powerful. And I will tell you right now, I didn't come to Christ until after. I didn't even know God, but I knew his word. And his word was so powerful that through those two verses, I came to Christ a month later. I came to Christ, and I am so lucky to say I'm a believer since then. Sixth grade, it was September 6th when I came to Christ. One of the best days of my life. But if it wasn't for those two verses, I would not be where I am today. I'm convinced of it. I would be different. Scripture is powerful. 
We learn that through moments of our lives. We learn that through the word. We learn that through the example of the disciples, through Jesus. One thing I love about scripture, one thing I love about the Lord is he doesn't only breathe into us, but he breathes into us so we can breathe out to others. We get to breathe out scripture to others. We get to tell other people about God through his word. You know, when we all learned that song in elementary, the, the fruit of the spirit is not a coconut. You know, I love that song, but we all learned the fruits of the spirit, right? Through the fruits of the spirit, we learned to share that love that Christ gave to us through the fruits of the spirit. We get to have that. We get the opportunity to do that because we know the word. It's powerful, y'all. The word is powerful. I hope you hear that. It's a sword in your battles. You're there. You get to fight with it. You get to compete with it. Oh, I don't know. I'm getting riled up just thinking about it. So I'm going to move on to our second point. I know that's a lot. Everybody take a deep breath. Second point, second thought is the word gives us instructions. Not only is it powerful, but it gives us instructions. If you will, I'm going all the way back to the Old Testament. Whoa, Old Testament, crazy. I love the Old Testament. We're going to be in the book of Joshua for a second. I love the book of Joshua. I love the story of Joshua. At the beginning of Joshua chapter 1, you see that Moses is dying. Moses is dying. But the Lord is speaking to Joshua, and I'm about to read a little part of what the Lord says, but as he's speaking to Joshua, he's instructing him to lead his people into the promised land. That's basically what the Lord is saying. He's saying, lead my people into the promised land. You see, God gave commandments to Joshua to follow, instructions for Joshua to follow to lead these people into the promised land. And one of the things he says in verse 8, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Whew. I don't know if you all understand how much power that verse said right there. The Lord is instructing Joshua, the person leading his people into the promised land, to study his word, study his instructions, study what he has to say in the previous parts of God. In his previous knowledge, all these instructions of Moses, of Adam, of all these things, God is saying, know it. Study it day and night. He's instructing him, and he's saying at the end, and you will succeed in whatever you do. Oh my goodness gracious, that's important. That is so important. And what I love about this is this isn't only an instruction for Joshua. It's an instruction for us, ourselves. We are instructed to know his word. I will find so many other, op I mean, so many other examples if you'd like for me to, but that's one that just pops out to me. The Lord asked the man who's leading his people to know him and his word. Are we not called to do the same? The word gives us instructions. One thing I love about the word is knowing scripture makes you, helps you make decisions, helps you remember what is important, and helps you feel more connected to God. I'm going to say that one more time. I'm just going to let that kick in one more time. Knowing scripture helps you make decisions, 
help you remember what is important and helps you feel connected to God. I don't know about you, but when I read the word, I, it's, it sticks. It hits me, whether I recognize it or not at the time. You know, sometimes when you're going through those decision-making times, you hear that tiny voice saying, mm, probably shouldn't do that. Guess what? If you're reading the word, if you're knowing God, it's probably him talking to you, keeping you away from sin, t- keeping you away from temptation. Late at night, you don't click on that website. The word helps you make decisions. It might not tell you deliberately, hey, don't go sock your sibling in the face. <laughs> but it says different instructions for us. It helps us make decisions. You know, I'm going to do something out of the book. We're going to do something awesome real quick. I would like to pause. Don't take a deep breath. I'm about to do something our video told us not to do. I'm sorry, Mark. If you have your phone, pull it out. If you have a journal or something to write on, pull it out. That's all I need. I need you to write something down or remember it for me. I'm going to give you a minute because I believe scripture is powerful and I believe we are to know it. I believe that it gives us instructions and we are supposed to follow it. But the only way to follow it is to know it. So I'm going to ask you to write down a verse that comes to mind for you to go memorize. I'm not going to ask you to memorize it now. I'm not going to ask you to memorize it tonight. But I hope you do it soon. I'm going to give you a second. If you can't think of a verse, I've got three for you. 2 Timothy 2.3. John 16.33. And Psalms 3.3. All wonderful verses. Love them with a passion. Give you like 15 more seconds. I expect you all to actually jump in and try this. I, trust me, it's going to help you. It's going to be amazing. Memorize scripture. It's powerful. You may not see it immediately, but he will make it evident to you eventually. Hmm? Um, 2 Timothy 2.3 John 16, 33, and Psalms 3, 3. The word gives us instructions. My third point of the day, real quick, we're going to jump into it, is the word is to follow. I've already talked about this for a second. But what's the point of getting instructions? What's the point of having it as a weapon? What's the point of it being powerful if we don't follow it? And that's a challenge for everybody. I'm not saying it's not a challenge for me. It's always a challenge to follow God. We're actually told that it's going to be a challenge to follow God. But the word itself is to follow. It does not contradict itself. It is reputable. And it is for us to follow. The Lord wants to lead us in a great way. He has a great plan for each and every one of us, but we need to follow it. He gives us instructions. Let's follow those instructions. It says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul's saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He's saying that to the Corinthians, but we can understand that today, right now, that we are to imitate Christ just as Paul did. We are to follow, take steps that Jesus took. We're not going to be perfect. I don't at all expect you to be perfect. There's something my coach used to say to me all the time. I don't expect you to be perfect, but I expect you to pursue it. 
you're not going to get there. You're not. That's why we need Jesus. The gospel's there for a reason. If Jesus didn't come, we wouldn't get to heaven. Goodness gracious. I love today. I love today, y'all. To follow the word is to follow him. I'm going to do something a little bit weird real quick. There is a video, please don't play it yet, that we're about to play. And I'm going to tell y'all, when looking at this lesson, when getting it all figured out with Mark, there was something I did that I absolutely loved because I got to see it all come in. I went ahead and like after I looked at everything, figured it all out, I had asked my prayer warriors. If you don't know what a prayer warrior is, this is somebody who is in prayer for you. If you call them and be like, hey, I need prayer, they will actually do it. These people are the people I trust most with my life, with decisions, with anything like that. I called them all separately and asked them without giving instruction, can you please explain to me why you believe scripture is God-breathed? Can you please explain it to me? And I already put this all down. I didn't copy what they said, but I loved that it all works together the same way. Let's watch. I believe that scripture is true because the character of God throughout the Bible is consistent from start to finish. Very rational way. Uh, when you look at how the word of God has been held up to scrutiny, to examination and testing by, by scholars, uh, it, it can be trusted, it is credible, it is reputable. Um, it is by far one of the most credible sources of literature uh, that scholars say we have in history. Uh, and so it's, it's, uh, it's trustworthy, um, even from that perspective. So that's why I believe in the Word of God. It is trustworthy, um, and it is good to lead us into a life that we can have in Jesus. The reason I think that God's word is true is because it's consistent. It holds true even though the trends of the world change around us every day. God's word does not change. So there are several reasons why I believe the Bible is true. Most notably, though, would be how I've seen it interact in my own life. And so I've been a believer for a long time. I've been reading the Bible for a long time. And I've seen the words come alive on the page to where I've read scripture in the morning and then seen Jesus put me in situations during that day that those scriptures are so applicable and so needed in those moments. And it can only be explained by him connecting those dots. Is I have seen the word lived out in my own life. And um, it's just been unbelievable. Yes, there we go. So I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm a little bit out of breath. I'm more in awe of what the Lord is doing in my heart, just saying this to you guys. The word of God is God breathed. If you didn't see a pattern in what they said, what I've been saying, <laughs> I pray that you pursue the word of God. I pray that you understand that it is powerful. I pray that you know that it gives you instructions and it is to follow. All scripture is God-breathed. It is unrefutable. It does not contradict itself. It is trustworthy. It is our living water and daily bread. Consume it. Read it. Get to know it. It's a God. He breathed into it, y'all. I love y'all. I'm super thankful for y'all. I'm, I'm unaware of the time, I'm going to be honest. 
I appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. But what I want to do real quick is I want y'all to do me a favor and let me pray over you real quick. Lord God, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for the chance for us to all come together today and study your word, your holy, divine word that you breathed into. God, I know you as my savior, as my father, and as my friend. I thank you for these students. I pray that these students know that they are deeply loved by you. God, you are constantly moving. I pray that you continue to move in our students' hearts tonight, this week, and in the future. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen.